0: Cam Newton has some wild accusations. The Panthers have announced their starting quarterback, but it's not their first overall pick. Alabama receivers are ranking their top receivers. Auburn has a new quarterback, but will he start? And who's going to be QB1 at the SEC schools replacing their quarterbacks? The stories are fully here and all this and more on this Tuesday episode of Jake's Take. Let's go. What is going on, everyone? Thank you so much for tuning in to Jake's Take. As well. I'm your host, Jacob Sorman, at JigStickPodcast, Podcast, at JigSilb14. Joining me as always is my co-host Christy. Hi. And you can find Christy on Instagram and TikTok at Christy Marie underscore double zero. And as always, this is sponsored by Variety Sports Network at variety underscore sport underscore. You're home for all sports, different forms and varieties. Well, we're starting off this show with a bit of a surprise by talking about Auburn.
1: Yeah, I feel like we probably don't do that too often unless we're playing them.
0: (laughs) We really don't talk about them unless we're playing them or unless something really ridiculous happens with them. In this case, something really ridiculous did happen. (laughs) So right now, Cam Newton is making comments. Now, here's the thing about Cam Newton is that he is known for making some really weird comments. But this (laughs) one, I think, has to take the cake.
1: It does, and I think it takes the cake because everybody else except for Cam knows it's totally ludicrous.
0: No, absolutely. And for people who are not aware of what Cam Newton had said, Cam Newton had said that he is feeling like he does not get opportunities to compete in the NFL because of his hair.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: <laughs> like when- I, wish, I wish we could pause for dramatic effect, but we can.
1: yeah. No, but I feel like everyone's kind of going to just laugh at that. I mean, I don't. What else do you say to that? Like, literally, everybody knows that's not true. So, for him to even make that kind of statement and put that on other coaches and GMs is crazy.
0: But to say this after just a few weeks ago saying that he feels that he's better than all 32 uh, quarterbacks in the NFL.
1: And I feel like. He's good, yes. Is he better than all 32? No. no. And I I don't know. He's He's one that he's almost like that nuisance, obnoxious player that could do really well on your team, but you don't even want to sign him because of his ego.
0: That's the thing, though, too. And a lot of people don't remember how a few years ago he – was in an interview or we at a press conference and someone had mentioned, I believe, routes. And he looked at this woman and said, you know, it's very interesting to hear that a woman is asking mm-hmm. me about routes. And it cost him to lose a lot of his sponsorships. But right. So just looking at his stats, you know, mm-hmm. it's obviously not as good.
1: No, I mean he had the standout season obviously with the Panthers. When he got MVP for that season, he took them to the Super Bowl. But I mean, since then, he has not been record breaking. He went 30 and 36 as a starter. His quarterback rating was 81%. His last Pro Bowl nod was in 2015.
0: I mean, I'll ask you this, especially because you are a Patriots fan. Mm-hmm. What were your thoughts when they brought him in in 2020?
1: I was not excited because I hadn't liked him before. And then when he would play, he was just so inconsistent.
0: I mean, I'm looking at his stats from that year. He threw Mm -hmm. eight touchdowns. Mm -hmm. That's just unacceptable on a Bill Belichick offense. And then while he rushed for 12, I mean, he had 10 interceptions. He Mm -hmm. fumbled six times. Right. And they did not have a good record. They missed the playoffs that year. No,
1: he's one of those players, you know, he almost reminds me. Well, I guess it'd be the other way around. Anthony Richardson almost reminds me of him. They are like star standouts when they're in isolation, like the combine or other things. We see them put, you know, use their skills in. But when you put them in a game, they just can't perform.
0: But even looking at these records he had in his tenure, Six and ten, seven mm-hmm. and nine, twelve and four, five, eight and one. Yeah. Eighteen and one, six and eight, eleven and five, six and eight, oh and two, seven and eight, oh and five.
1: Yeah. So what was that? Three winning seasons out of how many?
0: Three winning seasons out of basically 11 seasons. And I remember the 2014 year, the whole NFC South was a mess. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, I just remember that. I think that was after. Bounty Gate with the Saints, and they were trying to figure some stuff out. The Falcons, I think, and Tony Tony Gonzalez had just retired. Mm -hmm. And so it was basically, all right, we're going to throw a bunch of trash cans down a hill and see which one lands there first, and that's going to win the division. That's what happened. That's typically what happened.
1: Yeah, no, and you're totally right. So, I mean, I don't see how he can... I oh, mean, I'm sure he has these stats in front of them. At, in front of him, I don't see how he can look at that and say, "Oh, it's my hair." I mean, besides a helmet not fitting, like your hair is no issue.
0: But even looking at his percentage, he's thrown mm-hmm. for above sixty percent four times. That's yeah. not good. No. So I mean, he can say how much that it's his hair mm-hmm. and with this, but I mean, no, it's the talent. I mean. Yeah. He's been injured so many times. He hasn't mm-hmm. played a full season. Probably since I wouldn't even count, you know, in 2020 because no. he was the game for COVID.
1: Yeah. I, I can't tell you the last time he has played a
0: full season. So I think it was 2017 was the last time he played a full 16 games. Mm-hmm. That's kind of unacceptable, really. Yeah.
1: Well, it's unacceptable if you're going to come out and say you're the best of the best.
0: No, I definitely have to agree with that. Now, really with this, and I already know your answer, and you already know my (laughs) answer. Does he deserve another shot? No. Okay.
1: Maybe I could see him as backup somewhere, but I don't know. Why doesn't he try for XFL or USFL? I could. Ooh, that would be so good him for doing the USFL. Well. Yes,
0: that would be so good for the USFL. But mm-hmm. I mean, I just don't want him to play in Birmingham.
1: Uh, well, that's true.
0: <laughs> I mean, we he could play, you know, in New Jersey or something, or yeah. in Philadelphia. Mm-hmm. Or Pittsburgh. But I
1: think, I really, really think either of those leagues would be a perfect fit for him.
0: It would also be so good for the leagues because Mm -hmm. you're getting exposure because he's well known. Now, is he well liked like he used to be? (laughs) Probably not.
1: Yeah, but people who are not well liked also bring a lot of attention.
0: That is very true. I mean, that's why people were so excited about Johnny Manziel, even though nobody from Alabama liked him. (laughs) No. So, I mean, the comments don't surprise me. His Mm-mm. comments are all over the place. I guess he deserved another shot in the USFL or XFL. Mm-hmm. But to come in with that take and say, I'm not getting these opportunities because I've, of my hair, when it's been his inconsistency, his stats, his comments, and his ego, we don't have enough mm-hmm. room in the NFL for guys with a lot of egos.
1: No, we've we've got plenty.
0: I mean... Let's look at the top quarterbacks in the NFL. Mm -hmm. Patrick Mahomes does not Mm -hmm. have an ego. Jalen Hurts does not have an ego. Josh Mm -hmm. Allen, no ego. And really with that, I mean, I know that kind of sounds like that's it, but I mean, that kind of is it. Yeah, it's been a rough go for quarterbacks lately. So, I mean, Justin Herbert does not have an ego. Joe Burrow does Mm -hmm. not have an ego. Mm -hmm. So, and then you – bring in Lamar's really the only one who has an ego Lamar and Kyler
1: yeah Well, and even Kyler I mean you could say he kind of earned it from college and I feel like he has kind of laid back a little bit since his rookie season in the NFL
0: I mean same with Baker Baker used to have a huge ego so I think with this you know I don't know if the NFL needs another person with another Mm -hmm. ego in the NBA, everyone has an ego. The NFL, you're only allowed to have one. Yes. But moving on to our next point, speaking of Cam Newton's former team, the Carolina Panthers have announced their starting quarterback, but surprisingly, it's not the one they took first overall.
1: Yeah, and you say surprisingly. And at first, I was kind of like, what? Like, But I think that's more the Alabama fan in me. Like, of course, I want to see him play the very first game. But I'm maybe not so surprised.
0: Well, the thing that a lot of people might forget is that two years ago, the Bears had Andy Dalton and Mm -hmm. had just drafted Justin Fields. They did the exact same thing. Mm -hmm. And I don't think this is Frank Reich saying, I don't trust Bryce. Mm -hmm. I don't think he's our guy. I mean, you took the guy number one overall. Right. But I think this is his way of saying, you know, rookie minicamp just started Mm -hmm. and we need to make sure that everyone is fully grasping the playbook. Maybe it's looking at, well, can we give Bryce more time to understand the playbook, to understand the lingo? Because it could be a completely different playbook than Alabama has.
1: Right. I mean, even just the league itself is completely different. And being able to come in and form those relationships, it does all take time. And I think he's going to learn a lot from Andy. I think he, I think, I don't know. I think he'll be a good mentor for Bryce. And I don't think that we're not going to see Bryce play at all this season. I do think we will see him play.
0: I think we'll see Bryce in the middle of the season. I mean, the same (laughs) thing happened with Tua. the same thing. Well, really with Jalen. I mean, he just kind of took the job.
1: Well, yeah, that's true.
0: So really with this, I mean, I think Bryce will eventually be ready, but we just don't know when he will be. Mm
1: -hmm. And it's, I don't even know that it's a fact that he's not ready. I just think it's that seniority. You have to pay your dues.
0: Well, I mean, I think it's also something very similar to what has he's learned at Alabama is that you go in and you have to win the locker room. Right. Yeah. So nothing that's foreign. I mean, he came in a few years ago and so many people thought he was going to win it over mac and mac comes out and surprises everyone and right. then mac leaves and everyone's thinking again oh well it might be bryce and then it was bryce and then he was in that role for two years
1: yeah so i think in due time he'll have his turn
0: yeah so i think we just have to be patient. Patient there. So for right now, you know, even though it's not Bryce going out for the first snap, I, he, he's still going to get his time. And I mean, look for him in the preseason. Mm-hmm. But moving on to our next point. Right now, Twitter has been a very fun and interesting social media platform, especially if you are a fan of Alabama mm-hmm. and Alabama receivers. As many of Alabama's great receivers have gone about ranking their top five receivers. And we thought it would be fun for us to take a shot at this.
1: Yeah. And I, the most fun thing I think I have seen come out of this is how similar their lists really are.
0: Well, let's do a breakdown here. So the first person who went was Jalen Waddle. Mm-hmm. Now, Jalen ranked it one through five, number one being Devontae Smith, who's one of his best friends. Right. Amari Cooper at number two, Jerry mm-hmm. Judy at number three, Calvin Ridley at number four, and Julio at number five. Mm-hmm. Jerry Judy chimed in and then said that his top five were Devontae Smith at one, Amari Cooper at two, Jerry Judy at three, Calvin Ridley at four, and Julio Jones at five. And then Devontae Smith, who's arguably one of the best wide receivers in SEC football history, ranked his top five. Julio Jones at number one, Amari Cooper at two, Calvin Ridley at three, Jerry Judy at four, and Devontae Smith at five. So Smitty didn't even rank himself number no. one.
1: You know, I'm surprised he put himself on that list at all.
0: Yeah, I know you had told me about that too. And I feel like someone yeah. had said, you got to give yourself props. And he oh, yeah. is not the guy who says no. Like He right. does not want to give himself that. Mm-hmm. And then Trayvon Diggs, who a lot of people don't remember, was a wide receiver when he came yeah. to Alabama. Mm-hmm. So Trayvon ranked his top five, number one, Amari Cooper, number two, Devonte Smith, number three, Jerry Judy, number four, Calvin Ridley, and number five, a tie between <laughs> Jalen Waddell and Julio.
1: I love how all of these lists are receivers under the Nick Saban era.
0: So I do want to say this first, and I know this is going to be a throwback for many Alabama <laughs> fans, but never forget DJ Hall.
1: Yes, someone mentioned him to me and I was like, oh my goodness, how did I even forget that name?
0: DJ Hall was one of the first big receivers under Mm -hmm. Nick Saban. Nick Saban came in, I think DJ Hall might have been a senior. Mm -hmm. And without DJ Hall, we wouldn't have these guys. No, that was like the start of this. Yeah, which leads into 2008 when Julio Jones came from a town outside of Mobile Shout out to the two five one, and he became the first freshman wide receiver to start under Nick Saban. Right. So really, with this, I like all these lists, but now comes the hardest thing for us as Alabama fans to do. <laughs> it's time for us to make our own.
1: Ah, okay. You want me to go first?
0: Yeah, you go first.
1: All right. I have Devonte Smith, number two, Amari Cooper, three is Jerry Judy four calvin ridley and don't laugh at my five i literally couldn't decide i have three names i have julio jameson williams and waddle
0: oh okay so this is very similar to waddle's um ranking the only thing about it is that waddle did not rank himself which is another not. thing i did not understand okay so for me i'm very much going to rank this and a lot of people have not seen this yet but Julio Jones at number one, because without Julio, you don't have both of these guys.
1: Yeah, I agree.
0: After Julio, we've got Amari Cooper, my freshman Mm -hmm. year, Amari Cooper, first Alabama receiver to ever win the Bolitnikov award. Uh Number three, Devontae Smith. Okay. Number four, Calvin Ridley. Mm
1: -hmm.
0: Number five, Jerry Judy. All right. Um, honorable mentions do go to JMO, (laughs) Jalen Waddle, and can't forget some of these other names that people have not heard in a while. Kevin Norwood. Oh, (laughs) I know people, I know deep in the back of the brain, there's people remembering Kevin Norwood now. Yes. But can't forget him. Cannot forget Marquise Mays or Darius Hanks. Mm -hmm. You have to remember the number two guys. And hopefully, hopefully very soon, we might see Ja'Cory Brooks or Jermaine Burton on this list.
1: I hope so. We need some new receivers to come out of Bama.
0: So another thing that why this is so hard is because Alabama is up for debate of are they wide receiver you? Right. And I'm going to say something very controversial. (laughs) They are.
1: Oh, yeah. I definitely think so. And I think – Lately, in all of the SEC, actually all of college football has been kind of lacking in that wide receiver spot. It's been kind of turning to running backs, but I think we are going to shift back to those star wide receivers.
0: Well, I mean, just think about how it used to be, like you said, a lot of wide receivers coming out of these schools. I mean, Alabama has had wide receivers drafted in the first round in multiple Drafts, mm-hmm. and then you didn't really have that from a lot of the other SEC schools, right? And now with Alabama, I mean, we all remember Julio, we all remember Amari, Calvin mm-hmm. Ridley, DeAndre White, just to name a few. But we're also remembering them at a time where it was very common to have a very big wide receiver. Now you have little wide receivers, and I know we've talked yeah. about that a lot. Right. So I think with this, you know, Alabama is wide receiver. You, I know there's (laughs) going to be discussion of what about LSU, what about Ohio State, or what about Clemson. Clemson has not had a wide receiver drafted in the first round in what feels like years.
1: And I feel like those schools have like their one star receiver, where Alabama's is just
0: so deep. They keep plucking out more and more wide receivers. I don't know where we find them from. I don't know. know. (laughs) We we found Smitty. It's yeah. am I Louisiana. I have no idea where that is.
1: Well, you know, Bill uh, Bill Belichick does the same thing. Like, he finds these wide receivers who are not drafted. They're just these walk-ons or free agents, and then they turn into these massive players.
0: Oh, no, absolutely. And, I mean, the same thing happened with the Saints, with Marcus Colston. He went mm-hmm. to Hofstra. How many people do we <laughs> know who went to Hofstra?
1: Uh, Zero. <laughs>
0: So, I mean, I think with this, you know, it's all fun. I would love to see more wide receivers rank their top five. I'd like to see, you know, Mack or two. I mm-hmm. know those two would do it. Those two would definitely do
1: yeah, it. Yeah, I think so.
0: So, I definitely think so. And I mean, you know, we have to give a shout out to Quintoris Lopez Jones. Mm-hmm. I don't know where Julio <laughs> came from, but that's his full name, Quintoris Lopez, because without him, we would not have these terrific wide receivers at all. Yes. Now, moving on to our next topic, which, again, for some reason we're talking about Auburn a lot.
1: I know. You must have them on
0: the brain. I mean, they've been in the news recently. So Auburn has a new quarterback. They just got a new quarterback in the transfer portal who came from Michigan State. And it was very interesting because, you know, with this – Quarterback coming in, a lot of people did not expect him to transfer. And now this is Peyton Horn. He's going to be a redshirt senior and he entered the portal on April 30th. Mm-hmm. And, I, oh, sorry, go ahead.
1: I was just going to say, I think the surprise comes, like you said, because he is a redshirt senior. So he's not going to have a whole lot of playing time or time to just make connections here.
0: No, absolutely. I mean, you have to win the walker over. But, I mean, he has thrown for over 6,000 yards, Mm -hmm. 29 touchdowns in his time with the Spartans. And he was considered that he was going to win the -hmm. starting job this upcoming year.
1: Yeah. And I think – I know we had talked a lot when Auburn hired Hugh Freeze as their coach about – what it was going to be like for him to recruit because he did have some controversy follow him. But I think this just shows that he obviously is doing a great job at recruiting.
0: I mean, I guess so. And obviously, you know, we're talking about more quarterbacks in the next segment. But really, this this was a bit of a surprise for me for, you know, a redshirt senior to go to Auburn.
1: Yeah, and you don't know what's behind it, especially now with the NIL deals. There could be something there that helped him make his decision.
0: No, absolutely. And then, I mean, it leads to the next question of could he win the battle?
1: I think so. I think I see him being their starter.
0: I mean, I think so, too. Robbie Ashford, you know, is talented, but he's had his struggles. TJ Finley's gone. Mm -hmm. I think Zach Calzada is still there. Mm Mm-hmm. So, but I mean, he has not played. But transfer quarterbacks are hit or miss for Auburn.
1: They are. They're, if, I feel like for any school, really, I mean, you're either getting someone who's going to just play for a year and be gone, or they're going to be your next generational quarterback.
0: No, absolutely. I mean, you know, we basically, I don't think we've ever had a quarterback. Tr- oh, no, we had Jacob Cooker.
1: Oh, yeah. And he was oh, pretty
0: I Man, how are you forgetting about all these people connecting to my hometown?
1: I know. Sorry.
0: That's okay. So, I mean, I think it could happen too. I mean, you bring up a good point, but still, I mean, you know, you're transferring in in May yeah. and you have, you know, X amount of time to learn the playbook and then win the locker room over.
1: Yeah. Now, I mean, the playbook might be different because, obviously a new coach this year so maybe they're kind of building it together i mean i don't know
0: you never know especially with hugh <laughs> but moving on to our final topic which is going to be in regards to potential mm-hmm. qb1s at sec schools mm-hmm. i don't think any other league in college football has more question marks than the sec when it comes to quarterback play
1: no and the funny thing is like It's kind of like panic. And then when the season starts, you like forget about it and everything's okay.
0: No, I swear it's so much what it is like. And I don't know, you know, why we panic so much because these are just, they're kids.
1: Yeah. Well, and I think a lot of it is the business side of football. It's maybe like those coaches, especially Saban, just not letting anything be known or who's going to be your starter. So you don't let other teams in on your uh, – the game, what the game's going to be like.
0: No, absolutely. and I mean, I'm looking at this article from the ESPN staff, and they said Mm -hmm. let's break down the – you know, eight most important quarterback battles. And on this one, I've already seen three, four, five. Yeah, basically, I'm seeing five SEC schools. Yeah. Now, obviously, we're going to talk about them Mm -hmm. a little bit. But the only schools that don't have to worry about a new quarterback, South Carolina, Mississippi State, LSU and Arkansas. And that's not
1: surprising. I mean, just their culture there and I feel like that's been a tradition they keep the same quarterback for four years and then they get a new one like it's just always been that way at those schools
0: oh yeah I mean that's kind of what Georgia used to do Mm -hmm. it's never been the case for us we've never had a four-year starter we have not we are always you know one or two-year starter and then they're gone and then we do it all over again yeah um so with this and I know it's still very early but we have we already addressed who we might think will suit up for Auburn But what about for Alabama, Georgia, (laughs) Tennessee, or Kentucky?
1: So, uh, and I know we saw the spring game with Bama, and then they got the transfer. But I think Saban is still going to stick with Milrow, at least for those first few games.
0: I have to agree. There are, you know, some talks that (laughs) it could be tie. Yeah. And really with this, it also – someone is saying that it could be our transfer, which I don't know. I mean, once again, it always comes down to winning the team over. Yeah. And I don't think he's done that yet. Right. Now, looking at Sports Illustrated, they had projected every SEC team's starting quarterback. This was back in February. Mm -hmm. So really with this, they had mentioned that for Kentucky – it could be Devin Leary. Mm -hmm. And with that, Devin Leary had come from NC State, Mm -hmm. and he was a top quarterback in the portal. So maybe he could be the reason, you know, the person that starts there. With Alabama, they said Jalen Milrow, which doesn't surprise us there. We already talked about Auburn. Mm -hmm. With Georgia, they're saying Carson Beck.
1: That's who I had on my list. I think he's had the most like playing time with this offense. So I feel like he's going to be the most comfortable.
0: I could see that too. Missouri, Sam Horn, who we really don't know about because we yeah. sometimes forget about Missouri. We already talked about Mississippi <laughs> State. Ole Miss. That's this is a surprise because they have so many quarterbacks on their roster. Yeah. So with Ole Miss, I think it might be Jackson's dart. Who do you think?
1: That's who I was thinking too. Dart, again, kind of like that situation with Georgia. He's had kind of the most practice time with the players who are still there. So just that familiarity and just starting the season safe and with what you know.
0: And then with Tennessee, it's looking like it's going to be Joe Melton.
1: Yeah, that's who I had.
0: Now, next up, we have this question Who has a harder situation, Georgia or Kentucky, when replacing their quarterback?
1: I say Georgia, and not so much because you're replacing Stetson. I'm not, I know Stetson did great things, but I'm not sure that it couldn't have been done without Stetson. So, but you lost a lot more than him, you lost a lot of your offense. So, I think. Not even replacing that quarterback, but just replacing that mentality and coming off of back-to-back national championships. It's going to be tough.
0: And here's the thing, too, with the Georgia offense, is that now that Darnell Washington is out and it's just Brock Bowers, they're going to double Brock. Right. So I think with this, it could be definitely Georgia, especially when you have a younger quarterback. But you also lost A.D. Mitchell to the transfer portal. You literally lost, I'm pretty sure, almost all your defense. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, I mean, it's it's a new
0: team. So, I mean, they're talented. But I think this is the year that Georgia's is going to lose at least a few games.
1: Yeah, I think so, too. I want to say rebuilding year. I mean, they're not starting from scratch or the ground up. But it's definitely going to not be so easy and not be so safe for them.
0: No, I definitely have to agree there. And then with Kentucky, I mean, I, I'm I'm going to say it, and I've been saying this my whole life, Kentucky is still a basketball school.
1: They are. They always will be.
0: And, I mean, it's great that, you know, Will Loves came in and that they had mm-hmm. some great years, but I don't expect them to compete the way that Alabama – or Georgia will compete in the SEC.
1: No, and now they're going to get those wins over those smaller schools or the non-SEC schools, but when you put them up against the big dogs, it's not going to look pretty.
0: No, no, definitely have to agree. Now, our final question here is, can Tennessee play similar to last year? We talked about this, but it's been a while. Yeah. <sighs> this is
1: tricky. I feel like Tennessee was literally... Running on adrenaline last year. And then when they crashed, they crashed hard. So I feel like they are going to be building from the ground up. So it depends on how quickly they can do that.
0: So I feel like with this, they're going to have some good games. Mm -hmm. I won't, you know, take that away from them, but Mm -hmm. they have an entirely new team. The only returning starter is Bruce McCoy. Mm -hmm. And I'm sure probably some players on defense. But they got destroyed against South Carolina. Yeah, that
1: was embarrassing.
0: And they also looked off against Georgia. Mm -hmm. So they play Georgia. And while I know that they play Georgia in Knoxville, this is going to be a team where they're going to be looked at under a microscope. Now I guarantee you they're probably going to try and rank them super high and say, yeah, you know, they'll be fine because of this other team. And then they're going to, lose a game early on, and then they're going to be back to Tennessee.
1: Yep, I think they are going to be ranked, like, top five and then lose that game in fall.
0: So, really, at this, we have a lot to look into. I mean, I didn't think that we would ever have a discussion about SEC football in May.
1: Yeah, it's fun, though.
0: No, I definitely do have to agree on that. But that is going to do on this Tuesday episode of Jake's Take. As always, thank you so much for all the love and support. We could not have done this without y'all. Drop a like, drop a follow, subscribe, share this with your friends. You can find this episode on Spotify, Anchor, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Amazon Music. We're basically on all podcast platforms. You can follow me on Instagram and Twitter at JakeStakePodcast or my personal Instagram, JakeStake14. Or you can follow me on Twitter at by Jake. You can follow Christy on Instagram and TikTok at ChristyMurie underscore double zero. And as always, this is sponsored by variety sports network we always have some great content coming out so be sure to check them out at variety underscore sport underscore and as always we will see you on friday continue to be great be the best versions of you you can be bring smiles into the world be a light in this world the world is still a very questionable place and as always we will see and hear from y'all later take care bye